0: I have seen there like alpha and beta examples of the project they were developing, like, yeah, this really works. Like, I can see this really kicking up, thinking like this is going to be the next big eBay, Google, Amazon, you know, whoa, look at this, I'm involved with. Ended up splitting my money into probably about 15, 20 different companies. And within as little as 18 months, I had zero left. Hello, fellow
1: risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests, fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest Shane Senior. Shane, are you ready to join the mission? Hell yeah. (laughs) How did I do with my radio voice? Perfect. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to introduce you to the audience, and then they'll know why I'm asking you. But Shane is a British actor who started his career as a motivational public speaker, who by chance happened to fall in love with the art of character building. He has experience on set of a vast range of production, and he specializes in action acting, who is stage combat trained and an ex-serviceman with martial arts experience. Shane is also an author and motivational speaker who changed his career into acting, After losing a large sum of money in, guess what it was, ladies and gentlemen, the cryptocurrency market. But then life changed for the better. Shane, take a minute and tell us about the value that you bring
0: to this beautiful world. Yeah. So I think my biggest one is probably my positive mindset, my leadership know i think anyone that you'd speak to that knows me that's on sort of a movie production leadership qualities are probably something i've always had and that goes back to even probably my training in the military at a young age and then through a lot of these life experiences that i've gone through what i've gained i think i've become more more of a leadership style of figure the older i've become so you know as an example like now i'm currently kind of co-producing as an executive producer for new feature film that we've just pitched to netflix and yeah, I think, again, it just everything that I've been through throughout my journey is kind of just dwelled on these skills, which, you know, it is a specific skill set that you either have or you don't have, you know, whether you kindly, bluntly say it's kicking people up the arse, but it's, it's kind of motivating again and inspiring people to get the job done in a way that's, you know, firm and fair to get, of, of course, the, the end results that you're seeking. So I'd say that's probably my biggest current skill set.
1: And where is the best place for people to follow
0: you to kind of see what's going on in your life? Probably the most common one which we have nowadays, and that's social media. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. <laughs> you can yep. go on my website. Anyone that's in the entertainment acting industry can find me on Spotlight. My social media handles always come under Shane Senior UK. Yep. So yeah, that's probably the, the most common place to follow my latest because anything I have, Business, work-related, always gets posted on my social media as and when I can, basically.
1: Great. And we'll have the links to all that in the show notes. Let me just ask you one last thing, because I know that, you know, it's interesting because when you're acting, you are putting yourself into character. And, you know, character acting is such an impressive thing, because you really got to, you know, if you're going to play, let's say a wall street Titan, a world-class athlete or whatever that is. Let's say you're playing someone like that or Nelson Mandela. Someone's playing Nelson Mandela. You got to put yourself in his shoes. You know, like when you are playing a role, what's the difference between playing that role as an actor and playing that role to bring yourself to another level as an individual. Like sometimes we have to play the role of I want to be more confident I want to be a better speaker. Is there a parallel there?
0: Yeah, I think there's a fine line as well between how far you take it. So you may well be familiar with a term called method acting. Now, some actors are well known for doing method acting, which is where they completely go into that character and they they sort of zone out. Now, that's very well good, and it can obviously help lead to get you into certain positions, but that can actually then take effect in your personal life as well. So it's all about finding that balance where you can become that person but as soon as that camera's turned off you can get back to reality it's not like you know there's there's who's the guy that played Jarard, i always forget the actor's name but he's only played the joker in the suicide squad and if you study like that guy you know there's a there's a lot of people that have said how he he kind of became the joker behind the scenes as well and when everyone was on set and he was doing pranks like chucking like meat at people and he was doing some like really you know arsehole type things which would quite frankly piss a lot of people off. So it's like it's trying to find that balance of yes, I know that's your character, do it when you're on set and getting that mindset of that character and how they would behave and how they would react. But as soon as that camera stops, you need to learn to switch off. So I think the fundamental of any character building is of course research. If it's a if it's a real person like you've just said Nelson Mandela or anyone that's particular that's existed You know, you've got the the power of the internet, which will tell you how they were. You might even get video footage, archive footage of how they looked, how they sounded, how they behaved, things that they did. If it's a, like, a mythical made-up character, this is when it becomes a little bit more challenging because you have to, of course, think of how that person would react or that creature. So as an example, I recently did some training with one of the stunt guys from the new Lord of the Rings series that's going on Amazon. And we trained as orcs. Or goblins elves dwarfs and um, just by again doing that stall sort of training shows you the totally different character traits that you need to have for for each each creature whether it's a goblin or whether it's an elf the difference in body posture the difference in the way they slides the way that they move so it's remembering as well that like when you're on especially if you're doing something like that which is creature and voice so if you're like an orc which is speaking in orcish plus plus you're you're acting like an orc it's it's the maintenance of keeping that energy up throughout the whole filming procedure. Mm-hmm. Because of course, when, you, when you're when you on take number five and you've been slouched around all day and you've been hunching your back and you've been moving and as like an orc would do, without me trying to show you on camera, but yeah, as you move like how an orc would do, after so many takes, it can become quite tiring and you, you instantly go back to your natural reaction, which is behaving like a human. So it's remembering that, you know, oh, I've got to stay in that character. Constantly. And that's why sometimes having a good team around you is good because if after so long one of the teams spots hold on, you you're not you're not hunched or whatever that position is you're meant to be in. Mm. If you're standing up too straight like a human, you know, it could be like Andy Serkis is a good example. because so I do motion capture work as well. If you look at Andy Circus, who plays Schmeagle and in The Lord of the Rings as well, and he plays King Kong, he's well popular obviously for, for a lot of the creature type work. If you look at when you're doing a role like that for a long period of time, you know it, it can ultimately take it out on you it can be quite physically demanding so it's having a team of people around you that that obviously can be there to remind you if if your yeah if your posture changes and mm-hmm. and obviously your voice or whatever it is
1: really and one last thing before i ask you the big question and that is i know you have yeah. thoughts about positive thoughts outcomes principles that type of stuff <laughs> i just was uh thinking about maybe you could just share You know, I I just think about these days, we've had a lot of people feeling depressed, suicides have been up over the last couple of years. People have been faced with unbelievable challenges of trying to support their family in this really difficult time. And, you know, it's easy to be positive when things are going well, but man, can you just give us a little bit of a snapshot of how you think what we can do to make sure that we do remain positive during tough times?
0: So that's a tricky one because it's not, there's not one answer to say, do this or do that. As you've just mentioned, you know, I'm the author of the book, Positive Thoughts, Positive Outcomes, master the 14 principles to transform your life. Now, of course, if you follow every principle, it doesn't mean all of a sudden you become this spiritually enlightened, super happy, positive hippie. As such, you know it's they're there as a guideline because they do enhance it. They do help you get into that right mindset. So it could be simple little things like your diet. So of course, the more processed foods that we eat in today's society, the less your brain functions, and you you naturally become more negative, more stressed. You're more likely to have more mood swings. So diet, diet is one example that can have a huge change on, on your positive or negative mindset. Again, simple things like meditation. If you can meditate in the morning or the evening before you go to bed, again, that can have a huge positive effect on the way that you think. Again, there's certain habits and traits that we follow. Like again, a lot of people go on their mobile phones first thing in the morning. So it's trying to, again, stay away from that social media bubble because we live in a society now where everybody is always looking at what everybody else is doing, like, oh, look at them on holiday. or oh, like, Especially in the acting world, it's quite easy to go on social media and look at an, a fellow actor and go, oh, he's been cast in that TV series, or he's been cast in that film. Why haven't I been put on that? And it can beat you up if you let it beat you up, because you know, you know you're perfect for a role, but you, you perhaps was not given that opportunity. So it's, again, setting yourself good habits so that you don't spend too much time on social media. You're not overlooking at what everybody else is doing, just focus on what you're doing, as well as things like positive affirmations. The more you the more you listen to people's positive affirmations, there's various different ones. Again, you can find them like on my YouTube channel, which will be in the link. So various like love affirmations, gratitude affirmations, all these things can ultimately enhance the way that your mind thinks so that when a problem arises, you can easily revert back to thinking about the positivity, focusing on your goals, your ambition, on what you aim to achieve in life rather than just focusing on the current problem. Yeah,
1: that's great. In particular, the social media, I I got off of Facebook on my mobile phone. I occasionally go on desktop and it's been, uh, I also got the app of YouTube off my phone. So if I want to watch a YouTube video, I got to go into kind of the less convenient way of doing it. And yeah, it's definitely helped me and it's also brought me back a lot of time. Well, now, speaking of time, it is time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstance leading up
0: to it, and then tell us your story. So, yeah, what kind of led up to it was I started my law enforcement business, which was working on behalf of the magistrates court here in the UK, conducting sort of warrants of enforcement. The business turned out to be very successful, ended up earning around half a million in British pounds, which at the time was the first time I've ever had that sort of money. You know, I've always come from careers before that, probably 30,000 pounds a year, something like that, you know, a t- traditional average salary to like, well, now I've got all this, what do I do with this? So I was looking at various investment opportunities. Of course, property was the first one I was looking at getting into, which <laughs> now I, I probably should have done that. But I was looking at property. I even looked at buying various businesses and acquisitions. I looked at at one point, I even went for all the documents and I was close to buying a taxi rank. You know, I would have had about 12, 15 guys working for me. I would have had about 20 taxes and all this sort of stuff. So anyway, cut the long story short, I missed all those opportunities and I joined in the 2017, 2018 cryptocurrency bubble, which was Bitcoin and Ethereum, were the biggest two cryptocurrencies at the time. Now I still say to anybody that's looking at getting into the cryptocurrency market, they are predominantly the only two, really, I would say to invest into, because they are kind of the only one that's got big backing. They're the only one that I think long term are going to constantly build in value, which I knew that at the time. So if I would have just kept my money, as an example, if I would have kept my money in Bitcoin alone, when I bought them, I bought them at, I think they're around five, six thousand pounds, possibly, something like that. And what, last year, they went up to something like 45,000 British pounds. So I could have been sitting on 5, 10 million just by waiting two years, which, impatiently, I decided to be greedy and then stick that money into what's called ICOs. So for those who are not familiar, ICO stands for Initial Coin Offering, which is very similar to the stocks and shares market, which is IPOs, the Initial Public Offering. So basically, you'd get a white paper from a company that's building a project on the blockchain market. So it could well be... The world's first telecommunications company. It could be the world's first social media that rewards its users for each interaction that they get. And each time that there's a there's a payment as such, it goes through the blockchain. So everything was built on the blockchain. Without won't going into too much detail about how the blockchain works. If you're not familiar, do a little bit of research, because it is fantastic technology. But of course, there is a big opportunity for people to Exploit this and use it in the wrong way. So people were predominantly coming out with these brilliant genius ideas, and there was, in particular, in 2000 and again, it was around that time, I think, end of 2017, 18, where these ICOs, as such, companies have come out with these ideas. And the biggest one, I think, can't remember the name of the company, now, but the biggest one was something like a 50 times of profit within two months. Like they literally, it was making multimillionaires overnight. Like so that people were putting this money in, trading it for the coin, and then trading it back to Bitcoin, and then selling the Bitcoin to pounds, dollars, whatever currency you're in, euros, and and of course, making a ton of profit. And, And there literally was a massive boom in 2017, 18, of a brand new wave of multimillionaires. So of course, I've seen that, and I was like, whoa, I've missed that bandwagon. You know, I've just been sitting on my Bitcoin doing nothing. Why am I not involved with this? Of course, some of the big ones already boom. I've missed the opportunity because once they boom, it's kind of like the only way now is probably down. So it was kind of looking for, right, what's that next big opportunity that's innovating technology that's going to be built on the blockchain, that's going to bring great returns. So I started even having meetings with some of these CEOs. I went, I've even met people in person gone through all their stuff, they've come from a team of brilliant businesses in the background, and you thought, oh, wow, this is really good, you know, with a team they've got, with this amazing project. I've seen their, like, alpha and beta examples of the project they were developing, like, yeah, this really works. Like, I can see this really kicking up, thinking, like, this was going to be the next big eBay, Google, Amazon, you know, whoa, look at this I'm involved in. Ended up splitting my money into probably about 15, 20 different companies, and within as little as 18 months, I had zero left. It was literally the case of everybody disappeared pretty much to the Bahamas or wherever they've gone with the money. I don't know because they were people that were pretty much untraceable. They're Mm -hmm. obviously criminals that have spent a lot of time planning this and they kind of knew how they could get away with it, especially as the crypto market wasn't regulated at the time. So predominantly, yeah, they they disappeared. At some point, I think once the the ICO was such went public, I still could have on a few of them made two or three, maybe four times my money back, but I was still eager thinking, nah no, this is gonna this is gonna hit the bull market and this is gonna skyrocket and I'm gonna get twenty times returns, never mind three or four. And then of course, before you know it, it's worth minus thirty times your profit and you're like, Whoa, I've put fifty grand on this and now it's worth eight hundred pounds, you know? And you're like, Whoa, where where is has my money gone? So-
1: Can you remember a day where you uh kind of realized like it's all gone or like, was there a day of capitulation or a day of, you know, I don't know, awareness?
0: Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest ones, which I'm happy to name and shame people because in my opinion, the they're, they're scam artists, their they're, they're bullshit is in a polite way because you can't advertise something and promote something and not deliver. And that was a company called HowDo, I believe they've now even gone and changed their name, whether they still exist, I don't know, because I don't really pay interest into the market nowadays. But they were a company called HowDo, and they were going to be the first social media platform that was built, again, on like a a profit sharing type of reward. And you was rewarded with what was called UDUs every time you... So again, like the more likes, the more interactions you had on the platform, you would receive these tokens back through the interaction. So Their white paper, they had something like, I don't know, let's just say it was 100 million tokens. So the tokens would be shared throughout the platform every time influencers and stuff like that created content and it was shared and liked and all the rest of it. So it was really an initiative. It looked really good. Again, I tested the alpha. It was great. Gave them feedback. I think I put about £50,000 into that one. And that was the one that I think I was holding on to the most because I met the CEO in person. I went down to Brighton where he lives to meet him. You know, we went through a lot of various things. It was the one that was looking the most promising. It had a really good team behind it. And of course, just did not deliver. So I think once I realized after the initial year that my money that i had originally lost had pretty much gone, I kind of was hoping that this was still going to be that like saving grace as such that it was really going to still do well. And just like everything else, it plummeted down one of the like co-founders left the company so at that point it was a bit of a red flag like There's something going on here what do we not know about what have they not shared with the shareholders as such and it just kind of really disappeared under the radar and then went very quiet and yeah so i think that was one of the the moments where i realized i've literally got nothing left now it's pretty much all gone down to nothing a couple i may have sold for like five thousand ten thousand at the yeah. time just to get rid but you know then because I'd left my business, I'd sold my business, got out of the business I was doing, because I thought, you know, like, this is brilliant. I've got all this money. I'm going to be a multimillionaire buddy. by the end of next year. I thought, this is, this is the jackpot. And then, of course, as it started sinking and sinking, I was like, you know, reality kicked in. It was kind of like, what am I going to do in my life now? What do I do <laughs> from here?
1: So let's now talk about what are the lessons that you learn from that experience? Because I know there's a lot of people that are losing I mean, it doesn't have to be a scam or crypto. It could be a business. It could be so many different things. But it's so hard to make good money, and it's so easy. You know, there's so many ways to lose it. (laughs) So everybody's struggling.
0: How would you describe the lessons that you learned from that? Again, I think I think the important lesson is always, which I did do at the time, but I still ended up hitting it. Regardless of what investment you get involved with, is always do. As much due diligence as you possibly can, whether it's a property, you know, a business that you're buying, do all your research on all the shareholders because there can be some clause where one person doesn't want to get involved or doesn't want to sell or what wants more prop, wants more money for it. So always do your checks on every part of that business investment you're getting involved with. So that's probably the the most fundamental. Even though I did at the time, I still got burnt. Perhaps I didn't do as much as i should have but Mm -hmm. at the time i felt like i did a lot so always do as much as you physically can and i think the other fundamental lesson is which i'm sure we'll jump onto in a moment is it doesn't really matter if you do fall into one of these traps it's don't let it be the end of reality as such because you can learn vital lessons from these mistakes you can build your character. You now have a story to tell like what we're doing here now, Mm. and hopefully you can help inspire other people. You may even help inspire your own career that will take you down a totally different path that you never even realized at the time. Yep. Yep.
1: Maybe I'll share a couple of things I take away. I I wrote down two things while you were talking one of them, you know, you, you said the word bandwagon and for listeners that aren't familiar with that saying, I picture like a parade and there's a, A band going down the road and there's a guy slamming the cymbals and you're so excited and 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 they've got a wagon behind them and there's people in it waving. That's the bandwagon. And basically a lot of times we, you know, we join that bandwagon. And that is a great, you know, illustration of being careful about just getting on the bandwagon because all of the excitement that's there. Do your research, as Shane said. And then also there's another one that I thought of is the train has left the station. That's another great one to say, yeah. you know, sometimes we chase after something, but you know, oftentimes, you know, most people are gonna learn about something you know, late in the process. And as a result, you know, they're gonna read it in the newspaper. By that time, everybody knows about it. So you have to be careful when you rush into something that you're not you know, standing there and the, feeling like, I guess when you feel like the train has left the station, Maybe that's a time to not go chase the train, but just say, OK, let's wait for the next one. And so those are two things that I think of. The other thing I was thinking about is that with an IPO, at least with an IPO in the public markets, there's an existing business operating. So you can say that they've already validated the business model. They could still you know, try to you know, lie and cheat and steal to get listed on the stock market, okay. but you know. With these ICOs, it's such a different thing. It's all about raising capital before the business idea has really been put into action. And so, even if they weren't scammers, they still have a lot of work to be doing to make sure that they can really, and even if you could operationalize it, how do you know you're not gonna get hit by a competitor that comes in and knocks you out? How do you know that the owners aren't gonna have a fight and all of a sudden disintegrate? There's so many risks. And ICOs just bring you right to the cutting edge of risk. <laughs> and so I think those are the things that I take away. Anything you would add to that?
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think just to add to that as well, I think, again, like the modern one that you've got now is NFTs. If you're familiar with NFTs, that's, that seems to be the latest bandwagon. I see so many people talking about it. And I think that's just got so many red flags and scam all over that, that I just think, why would you want to put your money? into a picture a digital picture it's like a it's like a digital pokemon card to say that you own it. it's like what you want me to pay five grand for that like what is it it's like to me it's the latest more mental like cryptocurrency and digital currency is quite hard for a lot of people especially older generations to get their head around like what actually is it and how does it work when they haven't got something physical in their hand so it takes a little bit of time to understand but but this nfts is a whole new like spectrum of mental it's like for those who are listening that perhaps have never heard of an NFT, it's a bit like you own a particular company, which you can split into like paintings, drawings. I think the very first one that went popular was something kittens, crazy kittens, or something, something along the lines of kittens. I can't remember the name of the company. It is literally like Pokemon cards with a particular cat on there, and they're very limited. And as you buy them, they go up in value. You know, it's a bit like, say, an eBay market where, oh, there's only there's only 10 of these cards available. You want to buy it? Well, I paid 500. You've got to pay 600. And, and they just keep buying these things off each other for something that doesn't really exist. It's just a digital picture that some artist has drawn. And people are like putting their businesses into this NFT side of things now, trying to divide their business to raise extra capital by saying that, look, you own a digital part of our business. But technically, you don't own the shares still. You don't own the shares. So you have no control over that business. <laughs> you just own this pretend like picture. So to me, that's the latest like mental scam that's <laughs> that's going to come out in the years to come where people are going to just get crazy on that. I hear I get so many friends reaching out to me about this. and I'm like, mate, stay away from that. That's got that's got red flags all over it. Yeah. You know,
1: I'm going to put out an image for the listeners. And that is, there was a, a musical that came out in 1957 called The Music Man. And The Music Man, the, the signature song of that musical, was a song called 76 Trombones. And I'm just picturing 76 trombones in the big parade and smashing the cymbals and all that and all the excitement. And every time that you see excitement in something, Think of that 76 trombones and that big excitement. And ultimately, that's a warning sign. And I think that's really a lesson that we learned from you is that, you know, all that excitement is a warning sign. So let me ask you, you know, based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? You know, they, they get attracted to this stuff. Right now, listeners are attracted to it just as much as you you were. And you know, they got friends that are saying that they're making millions of dollars or whatever. What one action would you recommend?
0: That's a tricky one. Again, probably goes back to what we said before, and that was due diligence, because due diligence is always going to be primarily what's going to save you, mm. whether it's the the which is just planning and preparation and that that's the saying that comes from the war marines here in the uk that's planning and preparation prevents piss poor performance and ultimately those six p's are what's going to save you in any sort of investment because ultimately it doesn't matter whether it's if it's gold and silver it doesn't matter what the commodity is whether it's property obviously you've had people come on here that have been burnt in the in the property market and you know even though Things like property are probably more the better safe haven than most. It's probably the safer one out of all of investments. You still can get burned if you're dealing Definitely. with the wrong people, and the wrong companies, because you know, there's still scammers out there. So you've got to be very careful of what you get into. Mm. So, yeah, do due diligence and just stick with what you know works, not what possibly will work. I know I'm probably adding multiple here now, but then again, the other one is to have patience. That's probably the other investment that I didn't learn from. So if I would have had that, that yeah, to be fair, that's probably the best number one to go with with patience, because mm. if I would have left my money in Bitcoin and Ethereum, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. So great, great I've impatient and being greedy and expecting more, trying to get more quicker, I ended up losing it all.
1: Yeah. And I think one piece of advice I would give based upon all of my experience and listening to people's stories is, you know, go small. If you really get excited and you really feel like I got to get into this thing, cut that position size down to $500. And therefore you can get some of the sensation of feeling like you're in it without this, you know, need to bring all of your money. And then you, you learn more and you build up over time. So what's a, What's a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners from anything of yours, as well as anything else? What would
0: you recommend? You could check out my book. It's helped. It has helped people. That's not just me trying to yep. sell it. It's it's generally, like I said, some of the valuable lessons that I've learned. People I know that I've worked with recently in the acting industry who have read it have said that it's helped them considerably. It's available on Amazon, Waterstone's, Barnes & Noble, wherever you're all based in the UK. Amazon is probably the easiest because that's where most people go these days. Yep. So yeah, it's called Positive Thoughts, Positive Outcomes, Master the 14 Principles to Transform Your Life. And like I said, it's just yep. the case of follow as many of the principles as you possibly can. You know, Do them as frequently as you can. You don't have to make it you know, like a religious ceremony where you're doing it constantly. The more you can do it, the better. If you can yep. do it every day, great. If you only do it a few times a week, that's still going to help you than not doing it at all. So Great. that comes back to like we said before: meditation, gratitude, affirmations, all of these nice things. Eating the correct foods. So everything that you can do to help yourself, exercise. Again, you know, it's it's going to help if a situation like this occurs, or even if you don't lose money in life. I think even if you get sacked from a job, or you go through a divorce, or you go through a loss and you're grieving, whatever the situation may be, it will help you. Deal with that situation far better than if you're not in that right place of mind. Fantastic. We'll have
1: links to that in the show notes. I'm just looking at it right now on Amazon. And last question, what is your number one goal for the next 12 months?
0: Number one is probably to get the funding for a film we've just pitched to Netflix last week. So I am the founder, writer, co-writer, shall I say, and our executive producer, on a new feature film that we've just spent the last so many months coming together, putting stories, putting ideas together. We've all scripted it together. And there was a new pitch that went out for Netflix last mm. week to raise to raise a £1.5 million grant, which is, what, about $2.5 million for a feature film. So we put that in. We should hear by the end of May for the next shortlisting round. And then sort of by the end of June, we should know kind of a yes or no as such. Say so that's probably my number one goal is to win that grant and make that film a reality because we have huge faith that this film is going to take off. It's going to be a huge franchise, and it's bloody hilarious as well if you was to read the story and script. So, there's a huge market for it, and we think it's going to make at least, if it went cinemas, we think it could make at least 50 to 100 million. So, Fantastic. with the budget we're looking at, it's a good return, of course. You never know with these things, but you know, there is a huge market for it, especially in the comedy industry, which there isn't enough of this sort of mental, hilarious, out there comedy. (laughs) Well, we definitely, (laughs) we need more humor in this world. Well, and that's, well, that was part of what we put on our pitch deck to Netflix, because we did a team video. And part of that was, you know, in the current pandemic of war and COVID situations, we need this sort of stupid comedy to pick us up and make us laugh and chuckle. and. Throughout the whole film, you've got that, you know, it, it's stupid from the moment it starts to the minute it finishes. There's so many hilarious characters and, you know, and there is a really good story actually behind it as well, which is sort of Exciting. nice towards the end. So it's got a really yeah. good
1: twist. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to my worstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Shane, I wanna thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of A-Starts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience?
0: I would just like to say, which I've covered briefly, and that is, of course, as we said before, it does not matter what you go through. If anyone's gone through a similar situation, or may possibly in the future, I hope it doesn't. But if you do go through a similar situation, it's that out of every outcome, there is a positive to it. So as I said, I would not be in this position as an actor right now, if I didn't go through this loss, because I went through that loss. And I was looking, what am I going to do with my life, I got into motivational public speaking, started learning the confidence to stand up on stage and talk and tell my story to an audience. once I started telling this story to a public audience, I wrote my book around the same time. And also, so at the same time, I then started looking at acting and thought, you know what, all these skills I'm actually using as a public speaker, the character building, the improvisation, memorizing scripts and thinking, what am I going to say? So all of these things that you use as an actor, I thought, you know what, I'm kind of doing, I would never wanted to be an actor as a kid. It was never really something I thought, oh, I fancy doing that. I've obviously always liked movies and stuff like that. But it was just something I thought, why not? Let's give it a go. I have seen an advert on social media, I think for a short film gave it a go, I and mean, I was like, I love this. I could see mm. myself doing this all the time. And then years down the line, here I am today, co-writing you know, large feature films and starring in big productions. So you don't know what's around the corner from what that situation may have caused.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Sometimes disaster leads us into beautiful pastures. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our, well, fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying thank you for joining our mission, and I'll see you on The Upside.